1: live and local it's time for the fan morning show with bart winkler
3: good morning everybody i'm bart winkler tim shea is here 414-677-1250 as like i said we're going from one lily pad to the other throughout the show today sometimes we're going to be talking about the hall of fame how great the weekend was how great it is to see leroy butler finally get his gold jacket and then when i feel a little more chippy we're going to talk about this brewers team and how they traded a closer and how the owner says it's the gm's fault and the gm says it's the owner's fault and all the while the team is too distracted to even focus and try to win any games so we've got immense jubilation on one side and we've got dysfunction and questions and a little bit of heartache on the other just an average monday here in the state of wisconsin covering our sports team's always good, but usually never good enough. When I was in Canton, I met Scott Graham. He does work with NFL Films. He does work with uh, Westwood One. And so he had kind of the same experience, a little bit, that that we did going down there, Gary Ellerson and myself. We got to see our colleague, Leroy Butler, who does the uh, Midday Show here. And Scott, you got to see Tony vaselli go in, your colleague at Westwood One. Good to talk to you again. Great weekend, I think, overall. How did everything work out for you?
4: It was terrific. And it was, you know, exactly what you would hope it would be for, you know, we're there every year because we're broadcasting the game on Westwood One, and we're there every year because we are taking the time to sit down with Hall of Famers, as many as we can, uh, in order to have interviews for the shows that we do during the course of the season, specifically NFL Insider. But the fact that Tony was going in this year just made it that much more special and you know, the fact that we not only got a chance to, to see him experience it, but see him revel in it. I, I mean, you know, just the joy on his face the night of the gold jacket dinner when he walked through the gauntlet and the the look on his face as he was, you know, standing up on that stage and getting the gold jacket and through his speech and then, you know, we were my colleagues and I were all fortunate enough to get invited to his party and it was you know it was just a celebration of a guy who his contribution to the NFL for a long time was misunderstood because it was so short because of injury and you know he was the dominant player at his position for a period of time a guy played less than half a decade and was named to the all decades team of the 1990s but on top of all of that he is just a terrific guy, a terrific person, a great colleague, uh, fun to be around. And to be there and experience all of that with him while we were doing the job we do every year anyway just made it that much more special.
3: Yeah, it is so cool. You know, know, being an NFL fan, you watch all these guys get in and it's all this guy affected me this way as a fan. This guy affected me this way as a fan. And, yes, you know, I work with Leroy and you work with Tony, but I think Leroy's case, why – Packer fans were so excited about him getting in, was because Leroy really is a guy that in the Milwaukee area. I mean, you might run into him at ten o'clock in the morning somewhere, and then you might also run into him at five o'clock in the afternoon. So he is always out everywhere. Everybody's got their different Leroy stories. And as you and I were talking a little bit uh, on uh, Saturday, what we were airing back that day on the show was Leroy doing an interview with Tony Baselli, which happened. They they talked a few. Uh, months ago. So 90 minutes beforehand, we were able to bring that to people. And those two, I think, you know, Leroy had the Jacksonville. That's where he grew up. Tony playing there. And then both being on one of the all nineties teams and both having to try to like, you know, wait to get in a little bit. The one thing I always told Leroy, and it's true with uh, Tony Baselli too, is that you did what you did. And now you wait, you can't change your resume. It's just, it's up for this, this committee to finally put you in and I think both of the guys as they were waiting and hoping and wondering I think that they both kind of handled it in a great way which made this weekend you know all the more special for both of them.
4: It did and it also made it special because each year we're at the Super Bowl and each year uh, up until the some of the changes that have been made by the Hall of Fame now it was one of those deals where the finalists were there and were you know, locked into their hotel room and waiting for a knock. And Tony did that a number of times and the knock never came. And each year that would happen on Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl. And then he would go out and be the sideline reporter on Sunday. And people would be expressing their condolences and telling him to keep his chin up because, you know, it was something that was going to happen for him eventually someday. And we had to watch that disappointment every year and felt that disappointment with him every year. So the joy that it happened. And by the way, the hall of fame made Anthony Munoz and I were talking about this the other day, the hall of fame made a great change. The idea now that somebody who is of some relevance to you, uh, whether it be somebody that you looked up to as a player or somebody, whatever the case may be, the fact that that person is coming to where you live or to some place where you happen to be and giving you the knock um, and not having it be as staged as it was in the past, was a great touch. And, you know, Anthony Munoz said to me, you know, if I could have had somebody who I played with or somebody that, you know, I held up in high regard when I was younger, be the person to give me the knock, I would have loved that opportunity. He was thrilled as a former USC offensive lineman to be able to do it for Tony it was a complete surprise to Tony. So it was, it, it's like the opposite of what they had been doing in the past. And it's a great change. They're, they're, they're trying to do things the right way there and continue to move forward. And, and, and I guess the first one of these that I ever attended and did was back in 2010, it's been leaps and bounds watching that whole experience move forward over the last decade or so.
3: I think Leroy was a finalist. He's been a finalist a couple of times as we're talking to Scott Graham, Westwood won. uh, So he did the knock once because then there was COVID and then, so now they kind of changed it because of it, which is a, you know, silver lining, but Leroy's in his hotel room and he gets a knock on his hotel door. And it was Antonio Freeman, his old teammate who was like, he was supposed to be there that day. And so so I just, I can't believe that. And then Tony's there and he's got to go through it all that. I can't believe they ever had that archaic process to begin with. You're right. What they're doing now is so much better.
4: And it's, and it's, it's, it's just more freeing. It's it doesn't put as much emphasis on the fact that a finalist didn't make it. It puts more emphasis on the, the ones who did make it. Uh, and and, you know, it's, it was a great experience. It was a fun weekend. It was a culmination of a a long process for Tony and for Leroy. And each year, you know unless you're a first timer a first ballot hall of famer or near a first ballot hall of famer there are always stories about guys who have been waiting their turn a few years back when Jerry Kramer finally got in I, I mean it's it's a it's always a nice story when that moment finally arrives it's always tough for those who are are playing the waiting game but you know you, you cross your fingers and you hope and then after we're done we move on and we've got ourselves an NFL season ahead of us and the fact that that's always the kickoff to the NFL season, you know, preseason games starting this week. It's an awful lot of fun.
3: You know, what I didn't realize is so that was my first time in Canton and uh, definitely hope to go back. I didn't get enough museum time as I would have hoped for, but was able to see the bust and, and, you know, all the Roy stuff and a couple of different other things I wanted to see. I actually spent more time in the gift shop, to be honest, than I did in the. Uh, of course, there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, And I bought a lot of good stuff. And I didn't know this at the time, media had 20% discount. So I took advantage of that for sure.
4: There there you go.
3: But I didn't realize, like, so I know the Packers were there a few years ago against the Colts, and then they never played that game because the field was so rough. And there's been a lot of enhancements, like the hotel that the guys stayed at had to be refurbished. I didn't realize that the NFL was thinking about leaving Canton, not the Hall of Fame, but leaving Canton for the enshrinement ceremony I think the fact that there's a Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, that Cooperstown's on the map because of a Hall of Fame. and Canton's on the map because of this Hall of Fame. I think the way that this small town kind of just embraces and envelops everything that happens this weekend, I would hate for that to see uh, to see that taken away.
4: I would too. I think it's you know I think the Hall of Fame itself has, you know, again, everything's expanded. There, you know, the the induction ceremony used to be on the steps and way back when, the 1970s, that small round building was the only thing that was there. That and the high school football field next to it. Um, it it's, it's been an expanding world for them. And it's, you know, we didn't see a, a massive takeover this week. You know, there there are years when you get some of the first ballot guys or specifically years where there are Cleveland Browns or Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers travel very well for these types of things where the town has just taken over. It was not overrun uh this week. It it was a, s- a smaller crowd than we've seen some in the past. But and that small town aspect of it, it you know, it, it there's parts of it that kind of struggle to hold when the massive crowds come. I can see people having concerns about that, but it hasn't been a problem to this point. And you know, again, I think it's just a uh it's a quaint portion of the game that because that's where its roots came from, that that's where it ought to stay.
3: Anything else? Uh, you know, broad question, but really stick out to you over the weekend. I think that obviously Bryant Young's speech was, you know, kind of tough to witness. Uh, and then uh, Tony's speech was great. Dick Vermeil. I thought what was cool about Dick Vermeil was during the Gold Jacket dinner, when Dick Vermeil was getting presented by different quarterbacks. He had at different stops. Whether it was Kurt Warner, uh, Ron Jaworski, and then Trent Green. I think the it's cool to see a player get in. But now they're trying to get more assistant coaches in, I think, over the next couple of years. It's cool to see players that are already in be able to welcome their coach, the guy that helped them. It's cool to see that. that that's something that stuck out to me that I wasn't expecting.
4: I loved it. I loved, the, I loved Dick's walk through the gauntlet because it was pure, pure, unadulterated joy on his face. Um, and just, you know, the, 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 and he's going down the line and there's guys who played for him for different teams that are giving him hugs on his way up to get his gold jacket. We were in the hotel, the, the, the hall of famers hotel, which is where we camp out for the interviews that we get over the course of the week. And right before we were going over to the gold jacket dinner, here pops Andy Reed in the door. Andy didn't have anything to do with, with any of it with, you know, he had, he had nothing to do with the hall of fame this week. He specifically came in to congratulate Dick Vermeil. flew in to congratulate Dick Vermeil because, you know, their paths had crossed over the years and both had been Eagles head coaches, both had been Chiefs head coaches. But, you know, it, it's moments like that that are just, they're fun and they're special um, and they're emotional too. And I agree with you that, you know, when you see a coach get in and the coach can reach back and <laughs> the funny part is Dick apparently had his, his party on Saturday night. And he was taking group pictures. He had, you know, one group picture with the Eagles who were there, one that, with the Rams that were there, one with the Chiefs that were there, one with the UCLA players that were there, and a group picture of six from the high school that he used to coach at. <laughs> he had six of the coaches, all, all seventy-five or older, did their group picture at his party the other night too. it's it's moments like that that make you smile. And again, like I said, it's a marvelous kickoff to, you know, um. I'm crunching numbers now all week because I do the Eagles preseason games on TV. So it's, it's it's off to work now, and then the entire schedule kicks in and the excitement of the season kicks in. This is a great way to kick it off.
3: Yeah, Dick Vermeil's the youngest looking 85 year old I've ever seen. We <laughs> were at uh, the hotel. We were at one of his teammates from uh, college was there, and the guys like like Saturday we got back to the hotel and I'm, you know, I was cashed. And this guy's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get a quick nap and then go party all night." I was <laughs> like, "Gee, yep. this this Vermel this Vermel circle, they really know how to do it uh, do it right." So it was a great weekend. Uh, good to meet you. Good to you know catch up with everybody that was there. What is your? So I gotta ask, like, what is your NFL Films schedule? Because if you're listening, you're like, "Oh, I know this voice. I know this voice." Scott Graham, Westwood One, does some stuff with uh, NFL Films. How much do you do for the NFL throughout the season? And you used to do the Puppy Bowl. I mean, maybe people are like, "Hey, is that?" I, I, how how often does that? I'm asking nine questions here, but how often does that happen where someone's standing next to you, they hear you order a sandwich, and they're like, "Do I know you?"
4: It it, it happens from time to time. It does, and um, the you know the puppy bowl thing came to an end a couple of years ago. I, I I like telling people I have to be the only person in the entire world who ever lost a job to Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg, um, <laughs> but I, you know I. <laughs> the NFL Films thing has gone on. This is going to be my 20th season, and it's it's been a great relationship. Uh, I got to, to narrate Game of the Week inside the NFL, a number of other shows for them. The big-ticket shows now, more often than not, are narrated by actors. That trend started, uh, I would imagine, maybe five to ten years ago that it became you know, the larger name actors are getting their opportunity to do this type of thing, but there's still a ton of stuff that I do for them. Uh, You'll see me on commercials that are produced by NFL films and individual snippets. The other thing that I do for them that uh, I didn't even buy, I, I didn't get the opportunity because I was busy this week, but I've, that I've done for them is if you go through the kiosks in the hall of fame, my voice is on just about every one of them. And it's because NFL films produces that for them. So um, it's, that's a busy thing for me, but it's been a, a marvelous relationship. Steve Sable was the greatest inspiration of my career. Um, and then, you know, I, like I said, I will be, I will be on the air on Thursday nights and Sunday nights and, uh, with the individual shows that I do and all, all season long and right on through the playoffs and the Super Bowl.
3: Well, we'll have to catch up again if you don't mind, maybe when the Packers are on one of these games because there's it's going to be a fun weekend. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I've loved the NFL my whole life, but this year just, I don't know. I, I'm more excited for it than ever before. So definitely want to catch up with you again.
4: Absolutely. Anytime.
3: Well, appreciate it. Thanks for uh, the introduction. Good to talk to you, Scott. Thanks so much.
4: Take care. Be well.
3: Scott Graham joining us from uh, Westwood One on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're applying for a Home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started. Great Midwest today.
5: Once he started talking, I'm like, I know that voice.
0: Right. I know that
3: voice. Yeah. So if he's ever like, I'll have a large pepperoni, extra cheese. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. I know that voice. And I'm sure he gets that a lot. But there is a trend like uh, Hard Knocks. I think Leif Schreiber does that. This is what happened in animation. There used to be people that their job was to be voices. Okay? like If you look at all the cartoons in the 90s, it's all like, this This was just their career. There's a guy that does voices for cartoons. Now it's like, we want to have a cartoon. I just watched Sing 2 the other day. Who's all in that? Scarlett Johansson and Bono. I mean, so now it's all like recognizable yeah. names. Yeah. Jack Black is your boy Kung Fu Panda.
5: You could be a voice part. I bet you could.
3: I uh, I could. I'm auditioning for a voice.
5: Yeah? Yeah, they're looking for uh who?
3: They're looking for uh like a a raccoon that lives in s- central Wisconsin. Let's hear it. Howdy y'all. I'm a Packers fan. Yes, <laughs>
5: raccoon.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Then in 30 years people going to be like, "You're the raccoon."
3: You're the raccoon. I'm auditioning for Poochie. I got a lot going on. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the twelve precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries, so that you can overthink
6: to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash podcast.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 1250
3: AM, The Fan. I'm Bart Winkler. That is Tim Shea. Lakeland University Studios where you can earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. So I like to be honest, like to throw some nuggets about the process of this show and this business and you know, that kind of stuff. So that Aubrey Marcus podcast came out. What was that? Wednesday?
5: Yeah. With Aaron Rodgers. Yeah.
3: And since I knew that, Thursday, I would not be doing a show, and then Friday and Saturday, the shows I would be doing were all Leroy. I haven't like paid any attention to it, I didn't listen to it. No, what's going on? Turn that off. I would like, <laughs> I don't want to be hard on Tim. We, we've been, we've been. So you know when you kill an animal in the 1800s I, and you I get all the meat off that bone and then you use the bones for necklaces? That's what we've been doing with Tim Shea the last couple of weeks.
5: I thought the volume was down enough that you didn't hear it. Apparently okay. not. So okay. I closed the door.
3: Yeah, I don't want to be hard on you. I don't want to be hard on you. You've 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 been working. You've been working hard. I appreciate that. No,
5: oh, you're fine. Go ahead.
3: And, and I thank you for it. So I really haven't done any Rogers stuff at all. I didn't even listen to it. I didn't read anything about it. Was that dominating some conversation when we were gone? Not really. You didn't want to bring it up.
5: No. Toby listened to
3: it. Yeah. Toby listened to the whole the thing. The whole thing.
5: Yeah. And he's like, "I will never get that. What two and a half hours back?
3: Yeah. So Rogers is doing podcasts all over the place. Uh, why don't you why don't you uh email Rogers? Get him on.
5: Get him on here. Yeah. Aaron I mean, Rogers, He's going 12, everywhere.
3: Aaron Rodgers twelve at gmail.com. Okay. And I
5: mean, then try. You just gave away. His email
3: I, I mean, is that it? Maybe. <laughs> What about Aaron that, dot actually,
5: that would not surprise me. <laughs>
3: what about Aaron.rogers at gmail.com. We're not gonna go through the Packers. Let's just find any Gmail. Maybe RogersCal eight at gmail.com.
5: Rogers Aaron Twelve at gmail.com.
3: Yeah. Maybe I hate my brothers at hotmail.com.
5: Olivia Munn.
3: Yeah. Olivia Lover69 <laughs> at Lycos.net. <LightGhost.net. laughs> I don't know. Whatever you want. I I you know, whatever. But I, the thing I'm thinking is so Rogers, I saw one article on this that I, I think it was a troll job, but it got me thinking. Rogers admitted to doing a drug, and then he was, and then he played better. Right? Is that what happened?
5: That's he was to able him, yeah. to
3: he was able to experience something, and it made him more free. So again, Rogers took a drug. And then he played better. So Rogers took a drug and then he had a better performance. So Rogers took a drug and you could say his performance was enhanced.
5: Are you saying? So did Rogers take a performance enhancing drug? Is it on the list? Can I find a list somewhere? Of I don't know. Drugs not allowed.
3: But if if I'm like, if I'm like in the Vikings front office or the oh, Buccaneers he's, he's or the Rams. Getting te- he's or... getting
5: tested twice a day, every day for the next three months.
3: Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm being like, because this was out of the USA, right? So that's because it's not even legal here, whatever he did. Again, I did not do a lot of research on this. I'm just spitting to the wind here. But how, he said he took a drug and then he played better. Is that not a performance enhancing drug?
5: Did you watch any of Family Night on Friday? I had it on during the brewer game. Yeah. But
3: you know, I know, here and
5: there. You know what my sicko ass did. You watch the entire I watched night. the
3: whole thing last night. I watched it from start to finish.
5: Well, I think this is a perfect
3: time for a breakdown then, right? Oh uh, well, everybody's done their breakdown. You want me to break down the breakdowns? Can you? Can you? I could break down the breakdowns in 20 words or less? Uh 20 words or less. Uh I wish they still kind of played more of a game. I mean, you are just going to watch
5: a practice. It's fully a practice now. Yeah, it's fully a practice. Jordan Love did beat Aaron Rodgers in the net throwing contest. I saw he made it twice. Yep. I saw Love made it twice.
3: Uh, That Danny Etling. Man, that guy's bad. I I like looking up these guys' careers. Like Danny Etling, he's the third-string quarterback right now. And I just I wonder how much money he's made so far in his life. Danny Etling is the third-string quarterback. He was drafted by the Patriots in 2018 in the seventh round. They then cut him. Then they brought him back, and they made him be a wide receiver. Then they cut him, and then the Falcons signed him. Then he was a quarterback again. Then they cut him and waved him and picked him up and cut him again. Then Seattle picked him up and cut him for like a week. Then the Vikings did it for like a month. Then he went to play for the BC Lions of the CFL. Then he went back to the Seahawks, then the Broncos, then the Packers last year. Love was on the COVID list, so we put him on the practice squad. Then we cut him. Then Jacksonville, he was signed, and then they cut him. And now uh, he's a Packer. Like, does how much money does he make? Does he, You know, you got to stick on a team. If you're on a practice squad for a week in the regular season, is that like, do you get like 50 grand or five? Isn't that like five grand? I don't know what you get. Is this guy able to? Is this a livable wage? Doing what he's doing, it's like these minor leaguers. We think that every time you see somebody on a football field, they are making a ton of money. But until you get a consistent job, these minor leaguers—I know a couple kids who went through the minor leagues—and they had to, you know, they probably, they talent-wise, they probably could have stayed in for another ten years.
5: Seven hundred and five thousand
3: dollars. Seven hundred and five thousand dollars. Seven hundred five. Seventy five hundred dollars? No, seven hundred and five. They make seven thousand dollars and then another five
5: dollars. No, over half a million, right? Seven hundred five thousand dollars. Like seven zero five comma
3: For being no, that's minimum salary.
5: Yes, that's what he's getting.
3: No, a practice squad doesn't get that. That's what it, that's what it says right here. On what? The sport track? On um, Yes. No, that's not what they get if they're just practice squad. Okay. And if they cut him, they're not going to give him three-quarter of a million dollars just to throw balls into a net for four weeks. He'll probably get a lot of time. I don't think this will be a year where we fall in love with the third-string
5: quarterback, though. I don't even think we'll have a third-string quarterback.
3: No, we won't. This guy's not going to make Maybe the team. on the
5: practice squad.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah, but we're going to see him a lot in the preseason. At that point, why don't they just have Kurt... Banker. Benkert? Benkert.
5: Why don't they just have him?
3: Well, they're probably like, dude, you post on social media more than the Brewers.
5: Relax. <laughs> it's like, we don't, we, don't need, we don't need your whole life story, man. That's a
3: good one. We'll post, post all the time.
5: He's probably saving those receipts, too.
3: Yeah, he's probably saving the receipts. All of them. That's probably what's happening. So, yeah, but I don't know if there's going to be, like, a game where Danny Etling has three touchdowns in the preseason. Are we going to go crazy for him? Probably not, because... Rodgers is the guy, and then Love's the backup guy. I really wonder. I'd like to know an alternate universe where we're going into this year with Love as the quarterback. And, you know, what the pressure is on him, what the analysis is on him, it'd be interesting to see with Rodgers somewhere else or retired. If Rodgers was somewhere else, we'd be freaking about that every day. But if if Jordan Love was his quarterback, and who knows, maybe Rodgers does get nabbed for PEDs. All
5: right. Rogers were somewhere. He took else. drugs that enhance impreha- that enhances his performance. Sounds like Peds to me. Rogers are somewhere else. Those games would get higher ratings than the Packer games. Oh, maybe it'd be like like again. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. It'd be like CBS airing all those games. You know, maybe I'll bring this
3: up tomorrow when uh, special announcement. I am hosting once again the Zach Elb Show tomorrow night. CBS sports radio nationwide
5: on the fan from six to nine. How about that? Maybe you can have callers call in and maybe ask for a topic. I would love to, you know, let's do it.
3: I was listening to one guy on CBS sports radio, Gary and I on the way back where his last name is Dukes. Okay. And when he calls in, he says, put him up. And then the caller has to say, put him up. And then they play a, sound effect. Do,
5: and you want, do you want something like that?
3: I don't know. I'm thinking, what could I do? Imagine if you called the show every time, and before I let you talk, you had to say a catchphrase. Because he'd go, put him up. And the car would go, put him up. And one guy goes, uh, he goes, put him up. And the guy goes, hey there, uh, my thoughts on, and then he hung up on him because he didn't put him up.
5: <laughs> that would be awesome.
3: Man, it was weird. But hey, everyone's got their thing. I said goodbye to everybody. You know, everyone's, everyone's got their thing. I did think that Romeo Dubs, Dobbs, do we, have a, do we not know his pronunciation again? I, I think it's, isn't it Dubs? Well, I thought it was Dubs. We talked to Pete Doherty. He said he thinks it's Dobbs. Wayne Larravee, who, if anyone needs to know, it's him. Wayne Larravee said Dubs and Dobbs on the Friday night broadcast within 10 seconds. So I don't know what it is, but he looked good. And I know there's a lot of weird hype around him. Like, can he really be this good? But he did look good. And we haven't seen Christian Watson yet. Man, it's, I got to see him in a game, but it's hard not to think that Romeo dubs, Dobbs, Dubs, Dobbs, isn't going to be like some sort of big part in this offense. He might be. I still really don't. I don't, I don't know who it's going to be, but I still really don't think like Rogers production is that much less without Devonte? You know, you, t- you still talk to a lot of people. Talk to a lot of people down in Canton about the Packers and what they think, and Devonte is the first name that comes up. Well, they don't have Devontae. I still think they're going to be all right without him. Victor, the predictor, what's up?
2: Yes, sir. I'm wondering if Aaron Rodgers can play in London if he's not vaccinated. I don't know the protocols over there. I'm oh. just wondering. Yeah, in London. I I'll think, leave you with that. Yeah. I'll leave it with that. It, it might be a Jordan Love versus what, the Giants? Yeah. There you go.
3: I think they can what? play
2: in London. Okay. Yeah. Not sure. But right on. Yeah, How see, about if he does LSD? Can he play?
3: Uh, I don't know. Some pitchers used to throw no hitters on LSD in the 70s.
2: So good. I'm 66. Oh, yeah, I remember.
3: Yeah. All right, Victor. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Put him up. Oh, see? I tried. Didn't work. I tried. Look, it's the other guy's shtick. I shouldn't be taking his shtick away. 414-677-1250. You can tweet us. 1250 AM. The fam. Want to talk more Brewers? I still have to finish the... Mark Atanasio soundbite. Where he talked a little bit. Because it's been a very weird... You've, you've got you've got David Stern saying that Mark wants this, and now you got Mark saying, I didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't like any of it. 414-799-1250. Uh, Pete says, what are you doing, Bart? Why are you trying to throw Rodgers under the bus with this ridiculous take on him taking performance-enhancing drugs? And Tim Shea is just sitting back and not doing anything to stop it. I just have a question. I'm just wondering. Plus, I have a uh, Jordan Love in my dynasty league. No big deal. Six, seven, seven, twelve, fifty. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Brian's in South Milwaukee. What's up, Brian?
2: Hey. Um, so this year's receiving d- the draft choices kind of remind me of '99 when they drafted the three, uh, defensive backs. Um, they drafted McKenzie, um, the third of the three defensive backs they drafted that year, and he had actually ended up being. Uh, by far and away the best, um, at least for this year, it seems like Dobbs could be the better of the at least the first two draft choices, um, mostly because number one, Watson has to get on the field to show something. Um, but, you know, so far Dobbs has showed that um, he, he does have some, some uh, potential there. So, so, you know, one of those things kind of reminds me of that when they drafted three, three defensive backs. Oh my in 99. God.
3: 99 draft. If they did something like this today, they went Antoine Edwards with pick 25, Fred Vincent in the second round, and like you said, Mike McKenzie in the third.
2: Yeah. um, uh, Vincent, they ended up swapping in a trade with Seattle for Amon Green Yeah. because Holgren and his, uh, his inflated ego would not allow Amon Green to see the field because he had some fumbling issues. So he traded... Vincent straight up for Amon Green and the Packers just, I mean, they got by far and away the better end of that deal. Cause I don't even think Vincent really ended up playing after they traded him.
3: Josh Bidwell, the punter was taken in the fourth round.
2: Yeah. Mark Tauscher, I think was seventh round. Wasn't he? Uh, that was the year. That was Donald driver. No Don, uh, driver. That's it. Donald yeah. driver. Yeah. 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 And, and you know where that one went. So yeah, yeah. that was real
3: good. Yeah, well, that, good stuff. That,
2: that draft had a lot of value in it. That's for sure.
3: What was the year they took Joey Thomas and Ahmad Carroll?
2: Oh boy, that would have been. I, I'm thinking that was when um, Sher, Sherman was the coach. Trying
3: to, I'm trying to look up year by year. Uh, yeah, I'll just look when Ahmad Carroll was drafted. Sherman was down there this weekend in Canton.
5: 2004.
3: 2004. Uh, let's see. All right, uh, Brian, thanks, buddy. You bet. Thank you. Brian, so sad. Yeah, 04. Oh, my God. Is that the worst draft they've ever had? It might be. 2004 draft. Ahmad Carroll, first round, third round. Joey Thomas, Donnell Washington, BJ Sander. Ooh. Remember him in his little yep. crow's peak? Yep. Then they didn't pick again until the sixth round to Corey Williams, defensive tackle. Uh, Arkansas State. And then they finally got somebody that stayed with them, Scott Wells, the center out of Tennessee. Oh, man, that might be the worst draft they have ever, ever had. 414-677-1250. Talk more Brewers this awful weekend. Talk more Mark nazio this awful decision. I, I don't know. It's a he said, she said, man, and I don't like it. Stern says one thing, Mark says another. We'll hear more from Mark. And then a bunch of Leroy stuff still for you coming up, too. 1250 AM the fan for the last
1: three years. And you said it for the last three years, anytime you get into a trading season, whether it was the trade deadline or the winter meetings, uh, we would have teams call us. Um, we have never, uh, we have never made an outgoing call on Josh Hader. Um, and that was true this deadline as well. Um, but we, we have received many incoming calls um, and that was true this deadline. And as we always do, we listen And um, in this case, uh, we had a couple of very aggressive um, teams that pursued Josh. uh, And ultimately, this San Diego deal was one that we thought was in the best interest of our organization.
3: So San Diego was on the phone with the Brewers. I'm Bart Winkler. That's Tim Shea. And they said, here's the package we can give you for Josh Hader. And the Brewers said, great. And San Diego said, yeah, it's going to help us out by avoiding the luxury tax. And the brewer said, okay. And San Diego said, you know, we might actually give you a guy you're gonna cut in a couple of days. And the brewer said, sure. Then San Diego said, Do you want to call anyone else and try to make a better offer? And the brewer said, Nah, this is pretty good for us. I mean, what 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 is going on here? So we're we're obviously we know everything that's happened with the brewers this week. And I do wonder, like, how long does this linger? Good old KS tweeted in, does there come a point where we can expect the players to pull up their big boy pants and get the job done? Are we only allowed to blame Mark and Stearns? I said, probably tomorrow. I mean, if if this team is going to compete, they are going to have to find a way to compete. Robert Tunyon just did a podcast where he's talking about the Packers. He said, we go 13 and three, 14 and three, we're dominant. And then at the end of the year, we just like stop being ourselves. And that's something they have to figure out. So that's a that's an interesting Packer thing we could talk about more this week. But with the Brewers, they are not themselves. They are not themselves. And what's 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 so like annoying about this week too is the guys that are coming in from the bullpen that they traded for. They're not doing anything that's good. They're not good. Just say it. They're
5: not good. Well,
3: Taylor Rogers hasn't been good. Matt Bush hasn't been good. And then even Devin Williams, who you feel comfortable with this trade because Devin Williams. Now he's given up his, he's given up runs. He had a 30 game hitless streak, scoreless streak. And then he's given up a runs in a couple of games this week. It hasn't been good. So you heard a little bit from David there. David Stearns, Mark Antanasio talking earlier this week uh, or last weekend. And he said, you want me to be an owner that medals that doesn't meddle? I didn't meddle. So David Stearns has said, I I'm taking as many bites as the apple as possible. This is what Mark and his family wants. And now Mark is saying, no, I, I, he, he wanted to trade hater. And I had to sit down a little more from Mark Adnazio. I, I want to play these. Cause I want to, when I, when I first heard this, I was like, I didn't, I don't, I don't believe anything he's saying. I don't believe that he's as hands off as it seems like. And my whole reason for that is, This is not a David Stearns move. If it is, he got really bad at his job. Because they traded Josh Hader at a time where they got poor value in return. And then did they miss the situation with the Nelson Lamette? Did they not realize? They thought he had options. Did they think he had options and then they DFA'd him because they didn't? And now he's with the Rockies? What happened there?
5: I got a thought. What if uh, David told Matt Arnold, I'm going to sit back. And let's see you do this. And this was Matt Arnold's decision. Because David was probably like, you know what? I'm out of here. Yeah, but David's name's still
3: on it. But I I did. I you get I my did. thought? Like, like, let's see you do something. Uh, there has to be something that we don't know. It's and a
5: thought. It's just a
3: thought. Right. Well, there has to be some something in this process we don't know. Because it's so uncharacteristic of this team. And it's uncharacteristic of the general manager. And Mark is trying to run as far away from it as possible. He sees Brewer fans mad about Josh Hader. And when he thinks mad, he thinks not coming. And when he thinks not coming, he thinks no money. You know what was on last night? Mr. 3000. Ugh.
5: Not a good movie.
3: I watched some of it. I just skimmed through it because I wanted to see all the different scenes at Miller Park. Oh, yeah. Like, they used everything. They used uh-huh. the press room. They mm-hmm. used... Man, they used everything. And uh, the whole reason that they retired Stan Ross's number in the first place was because nobody was coming to the games. <laughs> so they retired his number. And then he had a bunch of people come to that game. So they had him come back in September,
5: obviously, to try to get the 3,000th hit. Oh, great crowds this weekend. Well, yeah. Great crowds. All three games. Yeah. And this is what you get. Well, yeah, they sucked. But hey, the 82 Brewers. 82 Brewers, the Prince Fielder, and Lou Croy. How did oh, yeah. you like that, Jonathan Lucroy retiring? Because I think you were gone by the time he announced that, right? Because it it was fast when he from when he announced it to when that all happened. It was like a two day span.
3: Um, when guys do one day retirements, it doesn't do anything for me. No, you just brush it off. Yeah. So, like the Walk of Fame and the Wall of Honor, I like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Retiring, like, like. Getting into the Packer Hall of Fame. Who's in the Packer Hall of Fame this year? Greg Jennings and somebody else? yeah. So that's a nice way to, but if Greg Jennings, didn't he do that? Then he retires a Packer. That's just, it's just another way to be like, hey, celebrate. I I don't like it. I don't like it. I also am a super nerd and think that if you're going to retire as a Packer, sign a one-day contract, it should be an official transaction. So if if Luke Roy wants to retire as a Brewer, he needs to be on the team. Be part of the 40, man. And I know (laughs) Stern's joked. He's like, hey, we need a catcher. Yeah, that's not funny because you oh,
5: screwed that up did too. Did you hear Braun's joke? What'd Braun say? He said, We got uh we just the Brewers, hey, 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 he said, Hey, hey, hey. hey. The Brewers just acquired three good headers.
3: <laughs> it's not funny because those guys could get
5: in. It is. And Braun could get on base tomorrow night. The thing is these guys could hit right now. All right, here's here
3: more from here's more from Mark.
7: Everyone's Mark, here. one of the I think common criticisms is is this is seen as right. uh, instead of going for the World Series, seen as some, uh, somehow a cost-cutting move. And I'm wondering how would you respond to that criticism? So those are two different questions, actually. I can answer the cost-cutting Cost-cutting had absolutely nothing to do with this. Uh, there was no money that came out of the trade. And we had, there was no, every player that was available, we had the resources to pick up, not only for the balance of this season, Up for the seasons of their contract, you know, whether a team like ours has the financial resources to give Josh a long-term contract, which may be the biggest free agent contractors the league will ever get, or, you know, we all know Juan Soto's numbers, we're not talking about that, but, you know, to get a premier player, uh, this team has the financial resources to do that, and so financial dollars didn't come into the mix at all. And, and that or in any trade that we, you know, that we weren't able to get done. It wasn't about the money.
3: Okay. That's like when my wife cleans the whole house and then, uh, I see her finishing. And right when she's finishing the last room, I say, do you need help? Oh, I was going to do that. Yeah. It's easy to, it's easy to not make a trade and say, oh no, we could have, we could have made a trade. We had the money. Well then make a trade. Trevor Rosenthal doesn't count.
2: Can I just...
7: I'm sorry to comment here. Can I just follow up on the first half of that then is, um... On the surface, trading Josh Hader doesn't square with trying to win a World Series. That's another, I think, common criticism of this deal. Yeah, I think that you have to ask David about. And maybe you did, or if you didn't, you should. Because, yeah, I know he also had a series of other trades that he wanted to do that, you know, didn't happen. And... uh, you just have to ask him about that. Because, yeah, we're, we're here. By the way, every presentation i have just saying, every presentation because they know my focus. Every presentation that I get at the start of a let's say winter season is the goal of winning pro-service. That's
4: that was actually
7: what's been asked because that seems to be the biggest
3: complaint right now from fans is all they care about is getting to the playoffs, getting to the World Series, doesn't matter. Does it bother you to, 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 to hear someone suggest that?
7: Look, I think, first of all, the fans, I love that the fans are so passionate. You know, uh, I love the fact that when uh, I got here, you know, we're celebrating a team tonight, and when I got here in 05, you know, uh, from 1982 to 2005, what is that? 23 years we had not been to the playoffs but all we wanted to do was get to the playoffs and i love that the bar has been raised so much higher but uh you know it stings it still stings that we didn't uh get past game seven against the dodgers things that happened last couple of years in the playoffs sting we still talk about them all the time
3: i think there's a lot of misconceptions about the whole weekend like uh if there's a conception that we don't like the, the contingent of brewers fans that makes fun of them for selling the celebrating the 82 world series. We're not mad that you're celebrating the 82 world series because it takes away from this current team. We don't like that. You're celebrating it because enough is enough. You do it every five years and they didn't win. And it makes us look stupid. You know, it's fine to celebrate them from time to time, but it just makes us look dumb. We're celebrating. We have nothing else to celebrate. I get that. And then the other thing that uh, Mark said a bunch of times is Josh Hader was very likable. Nobody cares that Josh Hader. Nobody cared. We just knew he was good. So that's why we're mad you traded him. And you traded him and got worse. Now, if you trade Josh Hader and you get a bat here, even if there was some sort of trade where it was Josh Hader for Josh Bell. Now that probably, but at least you got something that can help you now. Mm-hmm. You got nothing that can help you. This is the worst, stupidest, dumbest. Th- I can't even wrap my head around how a team that thinks they want bites at the apple went backwards. They went backwards at the deadline. I don't even want to listen to this guy talk anymore. I'm going to call an audible and pull the plug. Although I do want you to hear when he says Juan Soto's name. Ugh, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because there's mixed messages coming out of that. That front office. Because I think there's mixed messages in the front office. I don't think they're on the same page. You can't have Stern say that they want to win consistently, consistently. So that's why I made this move. And then Mark come and say, I didn't do anything. I had nothing to do with this. Mark can think he had nothing to do with it. But Sterns knows the directive from the front office. Sterns knows what the directive is here. They, Mark Adnazio never wants to be bad. He's just like the guy in Mr. 3000. He never wants to look in the seats and see it empty. And so they, the, he thinks his way is to have a competitive team playoff to playoff. And we can talk about that, but we're so far past that now. We're so far past that argument. We're at the argument where they on purpose made their team worse for no reason. I have no idea.
5: You want a funny story about empty seats? Yes. So uh, I worked in the entertainment side of things. We had a request, not a request, told that when we show our uh, mascot up in his little area that they need to pan away from the seats because they were all empty. Oh, yeah. He was very adamant about that. Yeah, well, that's
3: like at SummerSlam. They sold 40,000 seats at uh, the stadium in Tennessee, but they put all the fans on one side. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't show the wrestling to show the other side because it would just be empty, tarped Mm -hmm. off seats. Yeah, so that's why they showed. That's why Very you never intimate. saw the, the shot. Yeah, you can't. You can't unless do we were that. sold. Unless it was sold out, right? Well, you don't want to show the empty seats. Mm-hmm. Man, you know what I'm still pissed about with the Brewers. I'm still pissed about that I paid fifty dollars for a cardboard cutout and they stuck them in the four hundreds.
5: <laughs> you, I forgot you had your cardboard cutout there. Yeah, you didn't get behind home plate or anything. They didn't offer that. They
3: just said, wherever we stick it. They put them, all these other teams, like, now, how dystopian was all of that, that they had cardboard cutouts Oh, my God.
5: Everywhere. Badger games. We got We got an offer for being a season ticket holder. For 50 bucks, you can get your cardboard It's going to be hard out.
3: to explain that, like, period of time to people who <laughs> you, didn't live
5: it. And they show some of the highlights still, and it's like, oh, wait, that was the cardboard cutout time.
3: Yeah, well, it's like- weird seeing Packers, Vikings highlights, empty Lambeau Field. <laughs> It's going to be hard to explain that time. That had
5: to be weird.
3: Because even if there's a pandemic, if there's a pandemic again, where it's like if you breathe one particle, you die instantly, people are so mad that they had to do anything for this first one that they're never going to care again. Mm -hmm. They'll never care. They'll go out and die. They don't care. I'm I'm not wiping down my Doritos with Clorox. I'll just die. I'd just rather die. They had cardboard cutouts at sports games. Remember the game where? Remember the Brewers Cubs game where Fox put fake fans in the stands. Yes, that was terrible. Oh, that was
5: worse. And then they like came onto the field somehow. And the cardboard cutout that got hit by a home run or something, a foul ball. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> like, how do you charge me fifty? At least
3: I got my cutout afterwards. I could say where that I where is it. it? It's in my basement. It's just in my basement, sitting there. Like that's a collectible. <laughs> yeah. I guess. C- cardboard cutouts. Who was... <laughs> then, then they had cardboard cutout <laughs> pickup day. I drove there specifically to pick up my cardboard
5: cutout. And get COVID while you're at it.
3: Yeah, and get COVID while you're at it. Yeah, I'd stay away from me for a couple days. COVID's still out there. Yeah.
5: I, just... <laughs> I, st- I, I can say this. I still haven't gotten it. I'm sure you and have. am uh, maybe I did, but... I, I for sure thought I would. You want to be, roll I, the dice? I, I, I was
3: just in mass crowds of people all weekend. You're
5: fine now.
3: You want? Fine now? Now I'm the most contagious. But you already had it. If I have.
5: Oh, wait. You can get it again.
3: Biden had it three times in the weekend. I'll give it to you right now. Let me cough all over you and see what no, happens. No, 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 no. Okay. All right.
5: Do you want to roll the dice? Stay away. I have I have this. I have Lysa. Oh, Lysa. Okay. 414-677-1250.